What's up, everybody? My name's Tom Langan, and this is Something Good, the bite-sized podcast about anything and everything good, for goodness sake. Welcome to episode 38, where we're going to talk about corporate values, which sounds really boring, but it's actually kind of interesting. Um, first things first, though, before I get into that, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the hiatus that uh, Something Good, the podcast, has been on. So for any and all loyal listeners out there or folks that have um, uh, been following the podcast for a little bit of time, uh, I was really on a tear. I was really good about getting out two episodes a week um, for quite a while, uh, uh, for the first 37 episodes, I should say, however many weeks that works out to. Um, I was really good about it. And then uh, things have just gotten crazy. Our world has been insane. And I, I even kept up with it through um, through the first few months of COVID and lockdowns and all that good stuff. Uh, the last episode I did uh, was episode 37, which came out on Juneteenth. Um, and uh, since then, things have just been so crazy that I actually have found it really hard to hone in on uh, specific things that I wanted to talk about um, since I have been kind of scattered, since my uh, thinking has been a little bit scattered when it comes to something good and as a free podcast uh, that I don't make any money off of, um, it was really hard for me to dedicate my time uh, to it when actually I've been really busy professionally, which I am incredibly grateful for. So, um, so yeah, so it kind of, uh, got pushed down the list of priorities. Uh, it's not to say that I haven't had time to do it. I just haven't had, uh, the right, um, or the ability to focus on it and I think to do it well. And so I chose rather than to sort of do it half-heartedly, I chose to just take a pause uh, and then come back to it when, uh, when I really felt like my heart was in it again. And so here we are, uh, episode 38, and I wanted to talk about corporate values. Um, there's been a few things in the news recently that have kind of brought this to the fore, uh, forefront of my mind uh, or the front of my mind. And the reason I wanted to talk about it, the biggest thing probably that most people would recognize right off the bat is uh, the stand. I and mean, it wasn't even really a stand, but basically the whole controversy over Goodyear. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Goodyear is an, an American-based manufacturer of tires. They are based um, in Ohio, I think, is where their largest operation is. They have, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 employees in the state of Ohio. Um, so they're a large U.S. manufacturer of uh, tires, obviously. Um, and they a memo came out, or somebody leaked an internal memo um, about appropriate work attire, and apparently on the memo, if I'm remembering this correctly, I don't have it right in front of me, but if I'm remembering it correctly, apparently on the memo, um, they listed uh, um, MAGA hats as inappropriate work attire. Uh, they listed political statements, uh, I think, generally as inappropriate or controversial political statements, something like that as inappropriate work attire. And I think they might have allowed for uh, the use of BLM, um, Black Lives Matter uh, uh, attire. Um, and I think they specifically also prohibited Blue Lives Matter and All Lives Matter attire because 
and I'm just going to get into this for like a fraction of a second. If Blue Lives Matter existed independent of Black Lives Matter, if it was not a response to Black Lives Matter, if somebody had simply started a movement because they felt that there was they were concerned with the way people view police and police officers and the men and women who do that incredibly difficult job in this country um, uh, as problematic, if they thought that there was something that needed to be um, addressed there, which I think there is an argument for, um, if that movement existed independently of Black Lives Matter, I don't think anybody would have a problem with it. I mean, no reasonable person would have a problem with it. I think the problem with it arises from the fact that it exists as a response to Black Lives Matter. And that is problematic, as is the the All Lives Matter movement, which is also exists as a response to Black Lives Matter. And both of those things are problematic because of the context in which they exist, um, not because of the message necessarily. So um, anyway, that's that's a quick digression. Uh, you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, obviously, I have been a little bit uh, scattered and unfocused um, as I've already digressed, like before even getting to the main topic of this uh, episode of the podcast. But here we go. So I wanted to talk about corporate values again because of uh, this Goodyear controversy that's come up most recently. I wanted to talk about uh, what corporate values are and I think why they are. Uh, actually, not just good for us as a society, as a society. Sorry, uh, I promise I've only had coffee and water to drink today. Uh, it's early. It is 930 in the morning. I guarantee I've only had coffee and water, um, even though I apparently am slurring my speech. Um, so why it's important as a society uh, and why corporate values and taking a stand on things can also be good for an important for your bottom line as a business. So, uh, Mike, sort of, I think there's, I'm going to go through two examples. One is a how not to do corporate values, and one is a how to do corporate values. Because I think there's something valuable to be gleaned, both from uh, stories of um, varied success or, you know, success mixed with failure and stories of success. So the first one that I want to talk about is uh, Nike. So everybody remembers, uh, I think it was in 2017, maybe 2018, when Nike came out uh, with the um, ad with Colin Kaepernick. Um, And it seemed like a great start. It seemed like Nike, which is a huge brand, um, you know, a multi-billion dollar business, uh, the, uh, an industry leader um, in, in athletics was going to take a very hard stand on racial justice. And that a lot of people uh, kind of jumped on the, the bandwagon to cheer that and to be excited by that because, you know, uh, and I think that's reasonable. I think they should be excited by that. I think that is something to cheer. Right. When a company if a company takes a hard stand on racial justice and equality um, for both of those things, you know, in favor of racial justice and equality, in favor of change um, towards those ends. I think that's something to cheer. 
The problem is, is that Nike dropped that ad with Colin Kaepernick, which seemed like a great start, but then they didn't follow through. There was no, not only was there no consistency, but they kind of didn't put their money where their mouth is. And what I mean by that is people quickly started calling out the fact that Nike still uses, um, uh, you know, uh, hard to justify uh, labor practices in the in the you know in the east um, in Asia where most of their products are manufactured um, you know they still use um, manufacturers in their supply chain that take advantage of um, uh, you know underpaid uh, undercompensated laborers who work in abhorrent working conditions um, so that uh, people in the U.S. Uh, or in other parts of the of the developed world can have um, Nike products or put Nike shoes on their feet. And, um, you know, they people started calling them out for that. And Nike was kind of largely silent or just sort of pointed back to, you know, that, yeah, but we're we're doing that other good thing. Right. Like that that Colin Kaepernick thing. Wasn't that wasn't that real good? And it's and I think the lesson to take away from it is. Uh, and I read an article about this um, that from Fast Company um, where they talked about this, this exact thing. And there were other case studies in that article. I would suggest looking up um, Fast Company Nike article uh, if you want to read a little bit more about it. Um, it was it was really interesting. But the point is that they didn't have follow through um, and that it wasn't a consistent message. It was sort of a one time um, they tried to do a mic drop, but they hadn't built up to it. Um, and so they dropped the mic and everybody was like, wait, but we, you didn't even, there was no show. There was, there was nothing building up to it, uh, that moment. And so you sort of dropped the mic and walked off stage and everybody went, huh? Um, rather than cheering it. So, so yeah, so that's a, it's sort of a, I don't know, maybe that's a bad, bad metaphor, but, um, you know, basically what happened was they dropped that commercial. Everybody got really excited thinking like, oh, my God, Nike is going to change their corporate identity. They're going to they're going to go hard, um, you know, for racial justice and equality. And they're going to they're they're shifting message and they're going to put their money where their mouth is. And then they didn't. And that's an example of when it doesn't work, because if you're going to take a stand, you have to stick with it right if you're going to go hard for racial justice and equality then you have to be consistent you have to continue to stand for those things and in some ways you have to put your money where your mouth is right so you have to um advocate for those things um support advocacy for those things you know either it's through money or through your own writings or whatever it is your own campaigns um you have to put your money where your mouth is and so now, I want to talk about uh, a company that has done that, right? That has has a long history of doing that, that a lot of people haven't heard of. Uh, and that um, as as is seemingly a trend, I only know about because of Becky. Um, and so uh, and that seems to be a trend. I seem to know of like uh, a lot of good things because of Becky. Um, but uh, anyway, Penzi's Spices. Um, I think it's Penzi's Spices uh, or Penzi's Spice. I'm not sure. Um, you can look it up. Uh, 
But anyway, it's owned by Bill Penzi. Um, he is the the owner, the CEO. Um, and since uh, Bill kind of took over the company, I believe if I'm right about this, which I'm not guaranteeing I am, because uh, I just did a quick glance at their corporate history. Um, I believe that his father founded the company as a mail order spice business. And then Bill took over in the 80s and has since built um, the business up. Uh, they have 65 retail locations now, as well as a huge, um, uh, you know, uh, Internet what used to be mail order is now, you know, Internet based um, uh, or or e-commerce site as well. So um, anyway, from the beginning, uh, way back in the mail order days, um, Bill has always advocated for um, social justice and for political policies that he believed in. Uh, it used to be back in the day um, when they would send out catalogs, there would be sections at the beginning and the end of the catalogs where um, Bill would write op eds and they would take policy stances on uh, the issue of the day. Uh, and that's ranged from a whole host of things, everything from um, the use of Native American iconography by professional sports teams to uh, to most recently or more recently, uh, the impeachment of President Trump. So they've long taken a stand uh, and that's an important thing to note. Um, they've long taken a stand and because they've long taken a stand, uh, because they've been consistent, um, it's actually worked out to be um, successful for them. Uh, at the very least, it has not been detrimental to their business. So that's an important thing to note. Um, Penzi's is now today, as we sit here, as I talk to you, Penzi's is the largest purveyor of spices in the United States. They are the biggest spice retailer in the country. Um, and they take very, very clear stances on social and political issues. They do not mince words. They do not um, try to equivocate. They take clear stances and they stand by those positions, right? Um, in interviews, uh, Bill Penzi has said, has admitted, yes, we've lost some customers as a result of our political stances, but we've gained customers too. And at the end of the day, because I think because they've taken these political stances, they've increased the loyalty of their customers because too often, I think, especially in marketing and advertising, um, businesses are wor too worried about offending someone. And so they try to offend no one. Um, and it just makes me think of, and I'm pretty sure it was a, an FDR line, um, that you can't make everybody happy all the time. You can't. Somebody is going to be unhappy about something you do pretty much whenever you do anything. Someone is going to find fault with it. And so you really can't preoccupy yourself with Focusing on trying to make that one person happy uh, or trying to prevent that one person from finding fault uh, at a cost of making a lot of other people happy about what you're doing. Um, and that's the approach that I think Bill Penzi has taken. I think he has taken the approach of avoiding 
um, trying to appease everyone and simply focused on doing what he believes is right. Um, and I think that's done a few things. So in this, in this effort to appease everyone, brands tend to take kind of milk toast um, stances on things. They try, they tend to equivocate or they try to be completely apolitical. Um, but at the end of the day, as humans, if you think about the people you admire or the people you look up to, regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum, generally speaking, the people you admire are the people who take a stand, right? We don't admire people who, generally speaking, we don't admire people who equivocate, who, um, who don't advocate for anything, who don't stand up for anything, who simply go with the flow. Nobody admires um, or holds up as a good leader, someone who simply goes with the flow, right? People admire controversy. Um, sorry, that came out wrong. People don't admire controversy. People respond to controversy and people admire um, someone who takes a declarative stand. Right. And so I think that's important to remember how we act towards people um, or towards people we admire is often how we act towards brands or companies that we admire as well. Um, and so I think a lot of businesses do themselves a disservice by not taking a stand for anything. Right. Um, a lot of companies do themselves a disservice by trying to keep everybody happy all the time. It's an impossible task, right? And so you're so you, it's futile. You're spinning your wheels. You might as well just take a stand on something you believe in, something you can back up, something you're passionate about, and something that you will be consistent with because it may just lead you to grow to be the largest purveyor of spices in the country in the case of Penzies. But it could help your business too, whatever your business is. Um, and also it can inspire, inspire brand loyalty. It can help you decide who you want to support, what businesses you want to um, support with your hard earned dollars, especially at a time like this where hard earned dollars are harder and harder to come by as we are in the midst of a massive economic crisis. So I just wanted to put that out there. I wanted people to think about that because I think Taking a stand, whether you're a business or an individual, standing up for what you believe in is something good. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, I want to say two things right now just to end this up. One, I want to thank everybody who has continued to listen to the podcast or has eagerly awaited a new episode. I want to thank you for your patience. I want to thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, sharing the podcast with your friends. Um, I hope you find value in the things that I provide. That's honestly why I do it. Uh, and because I want to share something good. And I think uh, I'm willing to take a stand for um, and willing to uh, commit to being consistent with putting out um, podcasts about things that I think are good. I'm going to do my best to be consistent with it like I had been before. I'm going to try to get back on that horse. I'm going to try to focus myself a little bit on it. And I'm going to try to provide good, inform informative, interesting, honest, 
episodes of Something Good so that anybody who wants to listen uh, or wants to share um, can have a little something good in their day. And I just got an email, I guess. I forgot to silence my phone. Sorry about that. Uh, Anyway, that's all I got to say. Thanks to everybody. Really appreciate it. Hope everybody is doing as well as you can during this time. Um, And uh, I hope you all enjoy something good. That's all for today. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.